0: The hosts of supernatural philosophy are not scientists. And no, they're not philosophers either. In fact, they don't even have their bachelor's degrees. So take everything said here with a grain of salt. Unless you're using that salt to keep demons from coming in through your toilet bowl. Leave that where it is. That's more important. Hi, I'm Alexandra Abraham.
1: And I'm Julia Arcalano.
0: And this is Supernatural Philosophy, the only podcast where we acknowledge the real monster is capitalism. <laughs> what is the late laugh? Thanks.
1: I feel like there's got to be some like some other podcast like <laughs> what what's that like the the daily news isn't that like a communist thing? They've got to have their own
0: I don't know, man.
1: Oh, The Daily Worker, I think it's called.
0: All right, good job maybe.
1: I'm just pull I'm pulling a Seinfeld reference here and I don't I'm not entirely sure what it is. Anyway, yeah, so we're back. Um just so that we don't forget like we did last time, um I just want to mention that this podcast is is going to be a bi-weekly thing. We did try to do a weekly thing, but as you have clearly seen, it hasn't worked out. So,
0: I mean, we're only we're
1: only four in. Yeah, and, and those four have all been, those those three have been bi-weekly thus far. So that's just the system that, that is going to work for us because we're both in school and Allie works and there's just a, a bit too much going on for us to do this um, weekly right now. We had decided on this for last episode, but then I said, we'll see you next week. Yeah, you did. And then I edited it and I was like, oh damn, I shouldn't have said that. Because we won't um but yeah so so if i say that at the end of this episode Honestly,
0: no stop don't even don't even finish that apology we gotta keep them guessing
1: <laughs> yeah that i mean that's the question will i or won't i
0: will we see you next week in your dreams and also your nightmares mostly your nightmares
1: yeah sure
0: you want to talk about monsters
1: um, I would love to
0: Okay, so I think we did leave off with a question last week But before we address that I would love to address the follow-up questions to last week's episode Posed I think I made a grammatical error somewhere in there The follow-up questions to last week's episode Posed by our dear friend, uh, Michaela At Michaela yeah. Reading, Also at MichaelaReading on YouTube And you should subscribe to her YouTube channel if you're not already subscribed to her YouTube channel because she is very funny and witty and bright and I love her a lot. I concur. Yeah, that's the tea. Um, And so Michaela was very kind in uh, putting up with a whole like 30 minutes of us just rambling and she did listen to last week's episode. Uh, (laughs) Her follow-up question
1: Hold up, hold up, Allie. Do you have a blanket over your head or something? Because you sound very echoey.
0: I do have a blanket over my head. Huh. Should I?
1: No, the, that that usually should help. Yeah. Okay.
0: Am I still am actually? I just...
1: Yes. Okay, wait,
0: I don't, I'm not in my usual setup.
1: Get under your bed, Allie.
0: I know, <laughs> you're right. I'm sorry, I'm going under. Never <laughs> tried anything different. All right. Oh, oh dear. Oh no! (laughs) What was my plant? Oh no! Oh, Oh, he's bleeding! Oh god!
1: Does that just mean, mean dirt fell?
0: Um, no, leaves fell off.
1: Oh!
0: Oh god!
1: I just want to hold up because that just did remind me of something that I think is really telling to Allie's like just personality that I I want to share with y'all. Oh, uh,
0: I know what this is so, going to be about.
1: So freshman year Allie and I were 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 roommates. That's how we know each other. And she had she had some plants and she had this cactus. His name was Walter. 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 Oh wait, but no, this the story I don't remember think
0: of happened to Jeremiah my aloe plant. It,
1: Yes, Jeremiah was the aloe plant, and she noticed some, some funk on Jeremiah, and frankly just flipped out, <laughs> and like, w- went on about how her plant had cancer, he and f-
0: He did, he had plant cancer, I, I looked it up. Oh
1: my god, and he- she was- started, like, she did emergency surgery <laughs> on him, and was hacking off some leaves, and then we- I took her to a, a local botanist <laughs> to have him looked at. Okay, now you are you are way too close to your mic. Oh,
0: I think. I, okay.
1: That whatever that noise was was horrible.
0: <laughs> you're making fun of me. But I'm sick.
1: I can't understand you. You made me
0: crawl under my bed.
1: <laughs> okay, but like now you're very loud.
0: Well, because now I'm under my bed.
1: All right, so yeah, anyway, you can continue what you were saying prior.
0: Um, Jeremiah didn't make it, by the way, so you're a bitch. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Allie, why, Allie, why is your audio quality really bad right now? I don't know. All right, I'll just, I'll just have to lower you a little bit. Oh
0: my god, maybe your volume's up too high, you bitch.
1: All right, I have it now on two bars. Oh my god! Okay, stop yelling into the microphone.
0: Is this better?
1: That Yeah, it's fine when you talk like a normal human being. I'll
0: try. Okay. You were the one who made me get under my bed. Anyway, as I was saying, Michaela asked us some follow-up questions. The first of those was about... Centaurs. So we we came to the consensus that centaurs have four lungs. And Michaela wanted to know how many stomachs we think that they have.
1: Okay. Do you have headphones on? Yeah. It almost sounds like you're getting feedback. Alright.
0: Oh my gosh. Sorry. I'm coming out from under the bed. Okay. I'm back out. I'm back I'm coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. I haven't been doing fine. <laughs>
1: Maybe it's also because you're sick.
0: There's dirt everywhere. So
1: uh, to answer your question, I googled, again, anatomy of centaur, and this time it took me to some this website, which I'm sure is incredibly credible. It's, 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 it's just called Strange Remains, and they seem to have an excavated centaur skeleton.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. And I'm not sure... What they're trying to get at has been on per... Oh. the skeletal remains of the centaur Hold of on, Volos. One second,
0: one second. Wait, 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 wait.
1: Have been on permanent display at the John C. Hodges Library at the University of Tennessee Knoxville since '94.
0: Do I sound better now? Yeah. Like like this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, my sound was coming through my headphones microphone, not my like nice microphone.
1: There you go. Yes, that'd be it.
0: I'm sorry, everyone.
1: Yeah. So anyway, this.
0: Yeah, sorry, just repeat everything you just said. Please edit out all that I have done. Hi guys, I was late to this week's episode. Sorry about that, but I'm here now. Go ahead, Julia, what were you saying?
1: This here website is claiming that they have unearthed skeletal remains of a centaur. So I'm going to go ahead and click off of this.
0: Well, maybe they have. Maybe. Like, probably not, but maybe.
1: Yeah, I clicked on one of their references and it did bring me to a 404 not found.
0: Uh, the government.
1: Yeah, but I did find again the um the reference that I had used last time, the anatomy of the centaur by Doctor Doctor H C Reinhardt V Putz at Ludwig Maximilian.
0: Our good friend Doctor Doctor.
1: Yeah, at Ludwig Maximilian University in Germany, um. So I'm gonna go ahead and find what he has to say on the on the stomachs. But what was your your thought to this?
0: Um, I immediately thought of cows.
1: Yeah, I, you know what, I, I did too Which I feel like really just doesn't make sense Because we could have thought of one of the animals That makes up the centaur Either human or horse And we didn't Well, no,
0: Shh, fuck you No, I thought of cows I thought of cows because um They have more than one stomach Okay, yeah So it made sense to think of cows mm-hmm. And I did think of cows um, And that's as far as I got I don't know how many stomachs a cow actually has
1: I think four. That may be false, but I don't, I don't know.
0: Siri, how many stomachs does a cow have? She's one. thinking. Oh.
1: Oh, do it, maybe it has chambers? Perhaps that's the proper way of phrasing that?
0: Siri says a cow only has one stomach.
1: Well, let's see what Google says. Google says four from
0: Kenyon University. Hey, Siri, Google told me that cows have four stomachs. <laughs> okay. I found this on the web or told me that cows had four stomachs. Hey Siri why'd you lie to me? Hey Siri why'd you lie? I don't know what that means. (laughs) If you like Oh fuck off you dumb bitch Alright anyway (gasps) Um yes so what did Dr. Doctor say about cow stomachs? I'm sorry not cow I hope Dr. Doctor has never said anything about cow stomachs (laughs) I meant cow stomachs
1: He I think is it proposing that they have two that like oh but it does end in a common rectum
0: well good to know that they only shit out of one place yeah Well, see this actually leads into Michaela's next question which is are they herbivores or she said carnivores but I think she meant omnivores I'm gonna go ahead and hope that she didn't (laughs) oh my god I just found a contact adhered to my wall and here's the thing—it's not mine.
1: How do you know it's not yours?
0: Well, how would it have gotten over here?
1: Well, how would someone else's contact have gotten there?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but I know it's not mine. Is there a market for horse contacts?
1: For horse contacts?
0: Isn't horse blindness like a problem?
1: Oh, I don't—I don't know. Okay, hold on. Doctor Doctor seems to be proposing that like the the equine stomach part isn't like a real stomach, but like that it does some of the of the jobs of a stomach.
0: Dr. Doctor seems to think that uh, a human and a centaur fucked and that's how we got... uh, I'm sorry. A human and a horse fucked.
1: He didn't say that!
0: No, but the way that he's describing anatomical processes, like, oh yeah, they have two stomachs, but one doesn't work. Like That's when evolution sucks, but it's like a no, centaur is not it, a human meat source. Like a centaur is its own beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, no, he he does that. But he does say there's no hint in the relevant literature that centaurs subsist on other than human food, but that they were apparently rather fond of Greek wine.
0: Yes, they were fond of wine because of the whole Bacchic frenzy thing we talked about last time. Okay. Um, that. Are you so we're we're abandoning stomachs and crossing into herbivore omnivore territory?
1: I mean, I like. I don't. I don't see a need for two stomachs, but also there is the fact like you have the entire you know human part up until the end of the digestive tract. So I guess it would make sense if there were like there seems to be room for it. But I don't. I, I don't know what you know. I don't. I don't know enough about horse diets to like if there are. Th- I mean, obviously they they eat hay. So they can digest things that we can't, because we can't really eat hay.
0: Right. I think I'm team horse stomach.
1: Like one big horse stomach?
0: Yeah. Okay. Because I'm not going to abandon the idea that centaurs eat hay. I'm not surrendering my beautiful, beautiful mental image of a man face chomping on some hay with a (laughs) horse bob.
1: Well, if they had the two, I think, you know, like, then the hay would go...
0: I don't Well, what this crosses into is that we as humans have omnivore stomachs, so we can digest meat and all that. Horses are herbivores, which means they vore the herb, and they are, like, they if they, I don't know how to talk about this without bringing up deadly equine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you had, I mean, you had to at some point, Allie.
0: No, I just am really resentful about it. So let's go to Deadly Equines. Friends, let's go on this magical journey together. I will read you a brief bit of the synopsis from this book um, that I stumbled upon one day because I myself could not remember if horses eat meat or not. And I Googled, do horses eat meat? And I found this book. Do you own this book? No, I'm not giving this person money. Deadly Equines, The Shocking True Story of Meat-Eating and Murderous Horses.
1: Can you please try and pronounce this first name?
0: Uh, Kushulane.
1: It is probably something like that.
0: That's my guess.
1: O'Reilly is their last name, so.
0: F-R-G-S. What? F-R-G-S.
1: What F-R-G-S?
0: That's their, uh,
1: oh, their- moniker.
0: Like, I don't know, Ooh. whatever they have some bullshit thing i remember i looked it up one time it's like you buy your membership to this society Uh, so um book description there is a widespread belief in a warm and comforting story which states the horse is a gentle herbivore what if a rosetta stone had been found to unlock the dark secrets of the horse's past an international multi-million dollar industry serviced by horse whisperers, glossy magazines and popular culture Preaches that horses are meek, prey animals who fear predators. What if evidence demonstrated horses have slain lions, tigers, pumas, wolves, hyenas, and humans? Just
1: because they kill them doesn't mean they eat them.
0: They've slain. Contemporary writers have successfully airbrushed murderous and mediating horses out of literature. What if Shakespeare, Sherlock Holmes, and Steve McQueen provided artistic evidence to refute that claim? Thanks to global equestrian amnesia, the crucial role played by horses in recent history has been lost to mankind. What if testimony revealed meat-eating horses had been used to explore the poles and photographs had even been discovered of Tibet's blood-eating horses? Deadly equines is a revolutionary departure from equestrian romance. It is a fact-filled analysis which reveals how humanity has known about meat-eating horses for at least 4,000 years, during which time horses have consumed really two dozen types of protein including human flesh and that these episodes have occurred on every continent including antarctica how like are they eating penguins do we think there are secret horses on antarctica <laughs> like various sources of corroborating data including legends literature cinema news stories scientific reports and eyewitness accounts are present sorry are presented for the reader's investigation None of these items had been hidden. They were ignored, misinterpreted, or, in some cases, censored. The result was the first exploration of the horse's hidden history, an alternative equestrian world populated by forgotten facts, overlooked evidence, and astonishing stories. Amply illustrated. <laughs> amply, <laughs> amply illustrated and containing a map of occurrences, This study challenges the reader to develop a new understanding of the horse when based upon reason, not fantasy. My favorite part about this are the, the three what-if questions at the beginning. What if a Rosetta Stone had been found? What if evidence demonstrated horses have slain humans? What if Shakespeare, Sherlock Holmes, and Steve McQueen provided artistic evidence to refute this claim? Like, yeah, what if? Also, Sherlock Holmes is sandwiched right between two people that are real.
1: Well, I mean, Willie Shakes is up for debate, too.
0: Willie Shakes was at least one real person, maybe multiple
1: I I'm gonna be honest. I don't know who Steve McQueen is, but I do know who Lightning is. Okay. Steve McQueen is the king of cool.
0: I thought Steve McQueen was a chef. Um. But
1: no, he is an, He was an actor of the olden days.
0: But, or right, can we just move on? I just I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh,
1: but Ali, you I don't understand why all of a sudden you don't want to talk about this when literally when you found this. It was all you wanted to talk about.
0: It's all I want to talk about in talking about it in like a funny way. I don't want to have to present this on my podcast as like a thing that is actual textual evidence that we have to consider. Like I, I want to just be able to say horses are herbivores without then having to say horses are herbivores. Well, actually, I do happen to know about this conspiracy theory that they're not herbivores and that they're malicious and out to get us all. Like I don't want to have to talk about that in a scientific setting. It really stressed <laughs> me out.
1: This is a scientific setting. <laughs> Well, here's the. Th- this is what I imagine that
0: book. I, feel, I don't. I don't want to spread the word of this book. That like I don't want somebody to listen to this and then look this book up and then buy it and read it and be convinced so that <laughs> horses eat people.
1: This is what I imagine. If this book has any credibility to it whatsoever, I imagine it must be about opportunistic omniv- uh, omnivore activity in, in horses, like
0: opportunistic boring of the um.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but, like, when, you know, they're starving or something like that, maybe, then they turn to, to eating meat, or, like, how that, like, in survival instances, you know, people who, people will practice cannibalism, and, I mean, there are people who, like, there are also, or, and have been cultures that practice ritualistic cannibalism outside of those types of circumstances, but, like, that has also been, like, it has also been seen in kind of high stakes survival instances. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of think of it that maybe it's more likened to uh, to that. I do feel though also like centaurs are kind of like, you know, like like one with nature and stuff like that. So maybe for that reason even they are are vegetarians like do, do satyrs eat meat? I feel like they don't. Um Does Grover eat
0: meat? No, he's a vegetarian.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that almost just kind of goes with like I don't know the aesthetic of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, though, because centaurs, aside from Chiron, as we discussed, are awful.
1: Well, you said that they're just kind of like party animals.
0: So I found something that says the Greek tradition backs up centaurs eating bread and meat. Oh. Uh, the conventional centaur can chew grass or hay with a human jaw.
1: But like, I imagine they don't want. That.
0: <laughs> it may also be noted that they can eat as many pizzas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, actually, I the... okay. Well, uh, hold on. Finish what you were saying about fucking pizza.
0: they can eat as many pizzas and hamburgers as they want without any side effects whatsoever.
1: Wait, where are you getting this from, Allie?
0: Worldbuilding dot dot com slash questions.
1: Oh, dear God. Um, but when you when you brought up the jaw, that did kind of set a little light bulb off in my head. Their teeth, they have human teeth, so they do have omnivorous teeth.
0: Uh, we don't know that they have human teeth, maybe they have horse teeth in a human jaw.
1: That does not not work.
0: Okay, so I was thinking, do you know how
1: big a a horse tooth is?
0: Okay, a smaller version of the horse tooth. We have horse teeth, we have we have horse teeth kind of in some parts of our mouth,
1: yeah, but like. Their their teeth are weird. They have a bunch of teeth in front, and then they have an empty space of where there are no teeth, and then they have more teeth in back.
0: I know. When I was a kid, my cousin had a horse, and literally, I would love him until he opened his mouth, and then I would run away.
1: <laughs> That's fair.
0: So I thought I was remembering a story about like centaurs eating raw flesh, like cannibalism. But although I don't know if it counts as cannibalism because <laughs> yeah. it'd be humans, and like, um, but there is like. A history of that in the lore so
1: so they the, the point I guess, is they can so maybe
0: god maybe they have like a small human stomach for the occasional meat binge
1: well apparently horse i looked up the, and i looked it up and it said like horse stomachs and are kind of similar to to human stomachs so like maybe it is just kind of you know it's it's somewhere halfway in between and it's just very large
0: Okay, then they, I'm going to go with they just have one, and it's a, it's a big one. Yeah. Next question, please. So uh, let's talk about what we ended on last time. Right.
1: Was that, was that the only question? Other? Oh, wait, hold on. I actually do have a question that I was thinking about. Um, okay. Still regarding centaurs. And I, I hate to make this like our centaur 2.0. But All right. can centaurs vomit?
0: Why wouldn't they?
1: Horses can't.
0: But they have a human esophagus.
1: But, like, if it extends down far enough.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, they can. I'm gonna go with yes.
1: Uh, apparently it's because of the angle at which, at, at which the at eso- we- the esophagus meets the stomach. That's part of it. They also have, like, this, this cut-off valve muscle that doesn't allow it. Um,
0: oh, so then maybe no. Yeah, because... so then if
1: we're saying the one stomach, then they can't vomit. Because there's,
0: like, you know, there's Homo erectus, and horses are like Homo equine.
1: Yeah, where what, what you bring up Homo erectus?
0: Because like we're erect,
1: because
0: of Homo erectus. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm just being sciencey.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I had to learn about all of those those guys last year in my beginner anthro class.
0: Well, we have a lot to thank good old AG for.
1: Yeah, and all the all the folks before. Um, yeah. Okay. So you do you want me to pose the question?
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: What's the difference between ghosts and ghouls?
0: Okay. Well, ghouls are real. And I said Wait. that to you once before. You did. And you thought it was really really funny. I did. But what I what I meant was, <laughs> ghouls are corporeal, is what I meant. Like they're real in that they have like a physical form.
1: Yeah, but you see, it's a real, it's a real heck of an experience when you ask your friend, what's the difference between a ghost and a ghoul? And the answer is ghouls are real because, you know, it's just like in that scenario, you expect to encounter a person who either believes perhaps in both or none. And even so, I would, I would say that in my experience, at least it seems that the belief in in ghosts is more common than that of ghouls, so I had never, never even thought that I would I would meet one who so vehemently denies the experience of of ghosts, but just accepts ghouls as as a given. And so it was a very strange experience for me.
0: Yeah, well, that's what you get for laughing before I can explain myself.
1: <laughs> I don't know that you were about to.
0: Yeah, no. Ghoul, like no, ghouls have a corporeal form. And if we're gonna talk about ghouls, we gotta talk about how they entered the Western culture. A la um the misnamed Arabian Nights collection of Middle Eastern mythology that was translated into English in I don't know, the past. Um, and so that means that ghouls come from Casa de Me. Mi, they're Middle Eastern TM, uh, and I love that.
1: Middle Eastern trademark. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm not familiar with this this story. So why don't you why don't you go ahead and and share it?
0: <sighs> okay. I mean, I'm honestly not that familiar with it either. My understanding is that they were just kind of like a dark jinn that fed on flesh.
1: Okay. Interesting. There are ghouls yeah. in Fallout.
0: And obviously, Fallout is the grand amalgamation of Western culture and mythology.
1: The video game. Allie, have you ever played Fallout? No. To what degree are you familiar with its, its premise?
0: Um, are there guns? Yeah. That's it, then.
1: All right. Well, because here's the thing. What you just said about it being the culmination of Western civilization, kind of true, because it's about after nuclear fallout. Huh. It's an RPG that takes place in a wasteland.
0: Alright. Well
1: And I think that ghouls are people who are exposed to like heavy levels of radiation. I don't I haven't fully played any of the games.
0: So no. Um ghouls I mean I agree that ghouls are people, but they were not human. They were born ghoul. Okay. Um They are not dead. That is a common misconception. They are really similar to zombies in a lot of ways, but unlike zombies, they're not like the living dead. They're just gross, honestly. They're like,
1: well, let's, let's not be offensive.
0: No, they're they're gross. They feed on dead flesh. So what they do. So I was, <laughs> I was actually reading our good friend Missy Brinks' compendium of magical beasts earlier today, preparing for this episode. Um, also shout out to Missy for giving us a shout out on Twitter.
1: Yeah, that was that was real wild.
0: That literally made my day.
1: Uh <laughs> I was reading through that just right before we started recording with the biggest smile on my face.
0: Yeah, I'm smiling now they grew at it. But anyway, um so <laughs> yes, I was reading um uh, the compendium of magical beasts take on ghouls and it suggested that ghouls are a uh like gourish but necessary part of our ecosystem, which I love. I love that because it's like you know we we need vultures and carrion birds. Yeah, Uh, to like so that we just don't so we don't just have like rotting carcasses all over the forest. So
1: that's kind of like ghouls almost fulfill that role, but in an urban setting.
0: Yeah, it is great, and honestly, like, okay, if I were a ghoul, I would be pissed about modern death politics because it's like pretty much commonplace now that if you are not going to cremate your relative like if you want to bury them in the ground you have to get them embalmed which is bullshit you don't need to get them embalmed it's just a way for them to charge you like another two thousand dollars for the body of your loved one but anyway uh and actually if you want to know more about embalming you should check out this book called uh, smoke gets in your eyes by caitlin Doty. it's an awesome book about uh her first few years working in a crematorium real cool and she goes all into, like, the process of embalming and the embalming, like, how it came about. And it was, like, a very American process. Like, they, they don't – death isn't treated in other places in the world the way that we treat it here. Like, the funerary industry in America is crazy because we treat it like you need to be, like, a trained professional to prepare a body. But back in the day, people would just have, like – it was like that scene in Monty Python where the guy was just like, bring out your dead. Like, (laughs) they would, like, pile him onto a truck and take him away. Like, you didn't need a degree. I
1: mean, that was a very special, a special circumstance. (laughs) Death was, well, but the Black Plague is, um, is kind of a turning point in, you know, Western, um, like, the relationship between Western culture and death and religion also because, you know, that something on that large scale hadn't happened in, you know, in written, um, memory and, you know, likely hadn't happened prior because of just you didn't have that degree of of contact prior to that
0: well but i mean it's actually kind of insane when you think about the fact that like uh up until you were i don't know 15 years old had you ever been in close proximity to a dead body yeah when at weeks okay but like that's not, that's an embalmed body. Like, that's a prepared body. Just like a dead body.
1: Well, no, I don't even know that I have now.
0: Yeah, and that is insane, because up so until So you want to the...
1: be around more dead bodies?
0: No, but up until the past century, people died at home.
1: Yeah, well, I guess I was, I, I've been near some, uh, some freshly passed folk
0: thanks for putting it that way. Uh, yeah, no <laughs> oh yeah, fresh. Um, and that's the way the ghouls like them, to be clear, because we're still talking about ghouls here. Yes, we are. Um, but the way that like just death culture has changed, and it's all a part of capitalism. this links back to my opening statement. Um, we turned at the civil at the, during the civil war, uh, you know, parents were sending their sons off to war miles and miles from home. And when they died, it was so hot because a good portion of the war took place over the summer. It was so hot that the bodies just became rancid. And so the government would not pay to send the body back. They would cremate the body and send back the ashes, but they wouldn't send the bodies back. And so that's when embalming became like a really popular practice because it was like, oh, you want to see your loved one again? Well, we can preserve them. And that's where the whole idea of preservation begins. And after that point, people started to realize like, Hey, I can make money off of this. I can charge people to embalm dead bodies. It turns dead bodies into a marketable thing. It's no longer your dead loved one, but it's a commodity.
1: Yeah. I mean, even like around the same time, people would leave dead bodies though in their houses after someone passed for a few days. Like that wasn't uncommon. And you would kind of have like almost like a prolonged um I guess similar to what we have as as wakes now.
0: Yeah, like a sitting period.
1: Yeah, but I mean, also just like, as I've I've probably mentioned before, I'm in a bioarchaeology class right now, so we talk a lot about how people have viewed and treated their dead. And there have been ideas in um, different cultures at, at different times that like, death doesn't mean that an individual is not still a part of that society. And they do, individuals can still very much be active members of a society even after death where they maintain their bodies and they do they often would use their own kind of um methods of of preservation um but where corpses that had been deceased for years would still play a role in rituals and things like that
0: yeah no for sure not so much in like on like unfortunately a lot of what we have like well-documented history and a lot of the history people know about things is the western version of the story yeah and we you know there was the site there's this prevailing western idea that dead bodies carry disease and we need to get rid of them. I do think that that may in a way link back to the to the plague because when you think about that that may have been the one time that a dead body actually did pose a threat to the living. Well, yeah,
1: they also that was basically the advent of biological warfare also. They they yeah. they did throw plague bodies over city walls and sieges.
0: Yeah. Oh god. I love <laughs> the English. They were
1: <laughs> It wasn't just the English.
0: Uh, yeah (laughs) okay i love christians how about that let me just let me just damn a whole religion while i'm at it Um, there you go yeah no but so the you know the plague yeah plague bodies are bad stay away from those but if somebody just dies of like a heart attack and you sit by their bed you're not gonna get sick you're not gonna catch their heart attack like that's that's not that's not how it works yeah all the bacteria in their body dies with them it may live a few hours after the fact, but unless they had some terrible airborne illness, you're not going to get sick from sitting by a dead body. Yeah. Um. And but so anyway, prior bring to this, the Civil bring
1: War, this back to ghouls,
0: I am. So prior to the Civil War in America, most bodies were just buried wholesale. Uh post civil war they started marketing this idea that you needed to embalm your loved ones to make them look better in death, like make them look more alive than they had in life and the thing about that is that they you then you drain all their fluids and you pump them full of chemicals and what I suggest is that this is actually pushing ghouls into the red of the endangerment scale,
1: yeah, well, I wonder though, like how do how do ghouls though even when they get the fresh bodies like where do they sneak into morgues at night?
0: No, funeral so the tradition for the ghouls is that they sneak into funerals uh funerals, they sneak into Oh my god, granaries. in the
1: middle of the funeral.
0: <laughs> Move over, Aunt Nancy. Uh no, they they sneak into graveyards in the dead of night and they exhume the freshly buried corpses and they feast. Oh, and it's yeah. a communal event. They feast en mass, it's not just one lonely ghoul it's like and that's another thing you know we get like in the 2012 zombie mania you know there's the idea of like the lone zombie that you just kind of like take care of but they there are no lone ghouls they travel in packs okay yeah and so but if you embalm a body that's gonna poison the ghoul yeah that is like rat poison for ghouls and nobody gets natural burials anywhere so you know what honestly i've never seen a ghoul have you
1: i have not
0: are they still even out there do we know is anybody paying attention to this i
1: I don't know man i don't know
0: it's just a shame you know we just we push all these species to extinction and yeah just just one of the many
1: they're just one of the many species that we have just
0: they're a victim of colonization yeah I mean that's the North American ghoul. I'm sure ghouls are still thriving in other continents where embalming isn't as commonplace.
1: And I mean I I guess do they do they need human flesh? Can they subsist off of Yeah.
0: I mean I mean that pu- pulls you into the realm of, you know, can vampires drink squirrel blood or like you know can um I don't know what's another can zombies eat like dog brains? Like you know, that pulls you into a whole realm of like, well, what if we just had the humanitarian monster that didn't eat a person? Like <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, we do know that vampires can drink non-human blood because we did all see the hit young adult craze, Twilight, by Stephanie Meyer, in which there are vegetarian vampires who drink deer.
0: blood. Oh, my God. I forgot about that.
1: (laughs) Did you forget that that's what they call themselves? They call themselves vegetarians?
0: Yeah, I did forget. Oh, my God. All right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I who am I to contest Stephanie Meyer?
1: Yeah, we gotta. Ha- we they should don't... have like a fucking Stephanie Meyer episode at some point.
0: Yeah, we will. We will. We will. Uh, this year we... was the tenth anniversary of the first Twilight film, so we kind of oh, slept on that. But you it know, was... it'll come back. <laughs> so yeah. So the difference between ghosts and ghouls is that ghosts are spirits of our, you know, dearly departed, and ghouls wore those corpses.
1: Is there? Is there a difference between a ghost and a spirit?
0: I think that there's a different connotation between the two words, but I don't know that they're necessarily like different species. Okay. I feel like when I think of spirit, I think of something like I think ghost of like a like a shadowy figure that is humanoid. I think of spirit is more of just like a like a concept.
1: Okay. Have you seen Crimson Peak? I haven't. That's got some freaky-looking ghosts in it.
0: I should look into that.
1: Yeah. It's also got Tom Hiddleston in it, and um,
0: so that's why you've seen it. I was gonna say, wow, a movie that you've seen that I haven't. And but, uh, yeah, I
1: Mia Val, some the woman who plays um, Alice in the newest Alice in Wonderland movies, I believe, is also in it, and uh, Jessica Chastain as well.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Um. You know, this episode has been a heavy one. I think.
1: <laughs> Talking about those those politics um i was i was real surprised to see that ali's joke in the beginning about uh about capitalism being the enemy did come back in the end in a very real way and i think perhaps (laughs) profound way
0: thank you julia yeah no,
1: no problem um but that will do it for us for this week just just for transparency sake in case this this uh ending here was a little bit choppy we did actually go a little overtime um, speaking about some stuff just because we got so, so enthralled. Um, so we are recording the episode for two weeks from when this one will be out tonight as well. Um, so yeah, that's that. just, just a little transparency there um, in case things got a little choppy.
0: Um, Uh, But what you have to look forward to two weeks from when you are listening to this is some really great discourse about everybody's favorite cryptid, Lothman.
1: Absolutely. Um, So we do hope that you will join us for that discussion coming to you in two weeks. But for now, that is all we have, have for you. We hope that you enjoyed our, our centaur part two discussion. And of course our discussion on, on ghouls and, um, the trials that capitalism has posed to them all right i think that's it for this episode then right
0: yep until next time
1: yeah thank you for listening and don't forget to salt your toilet